Grog. Hey everyone, welcome to the Starter Shed podcast. My name is Matthew Weir. I'm joined by Kerry. I've just noticed her username on the screen is Vino. <laughs> well, I change it each week according to mood. What was it last week? It was Cheesy What's It, wasn't it? Yeah. And prior to that, it was Frazzle, I think. Yeah, when we did the midweek special. Yeah, it's Vino today. It's Friday. We're doing a proper Friday one. End of a hard week. And that's been a hard week, hasn't it? Do you mean archers wise or Well, you were having a rough time um <gasps> earlier in the week with uh Yes. With some certain utility folk. I was fighting octopus. <laughs> and I won. I I bloody won as well. The bastard. So you're a bit like Godzilla, like Ben. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Godzilla dies, doesn't it? Well, Godzilla is always battling in the old movies. He's always battling these other entities that like are giant or the other crazy animal that comes from the sea or from, uh. comes from the sky. So, I mean, he's neutral, isn't he, Godzilla? Okay. I mean, right, occasionally he gets into a bit of a piss and he comes up and mm. destroys Tokyo. But generally, you mm. know, there's that moment where like halfway through one of the Godzilla movies, they're all like, oh, we're doing OK against him. And then he starts breathing fire. <laughs> Well, that that was me against Octopus. They kept thinking that they sort of like biffed me away. And I was like, no. They've got um, eight tentacles to biff you with as well. Yeah. They bloody suddenly said that I owed them over £4,000. And then in mid-fight, they upped it to over £5,000. And then after me fighting them tooth and nail via email and Twitter... They then admitted that actually I owed £9.84. <laughs> you are joking. I laugh now, but like having two days of an energy company properly thinking they're right and saying, no, it's because of this. And I tell you, the reasons that they were telling me were absolutely laughable. And I picked every little bit apart and I made a spreadsheet and everything god they picked the wrong person honestly but i did think i felt like i was battling you know like raging against the machine or against the man i was thinking god if some old dear had got that bill they'd probably bloody pay it wouldn't they because they wouldn't want to get into trouble it made me bloody angry scammers have such a success rate because they target old people don't they oh god it's heartbreaking uh, by the way we sh- we should say other f***ing terrible energy suppliers are available. They offered me, get this, for compensation, for like torture for 48 hours, 30 quid. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a toaster. <laughs> I have rejected their offer and I've gone back asking for more and I've yet to hear back from them. So they're making me sweat. Okay, well, that's probably because you've got the electric heating on up too yeah. high, Kerry. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's why I owe four grand. Don't admit it on air, you twat. <laughs> yeah, that was that was part of my week, bastards. Honestly. Ooh, I love a bit of a fight, though. Mm, I was intrigued by the whole mention of Godzilla this week because uh, Pip likened Ben to Godzilla. Do you remember the cartoon Godzilla in the 70s? I'm No, when I think of Godzilla, I think of film, not cartoon. It's a Japanese thing, isn't it, Godzilla? Yes, but there was a cartoon which I think of might have been a, co- a collaboration between Japan and America, or maybe they took it and dubbed it into English, where it was a bunch of kind of research scientists 
stroke detective stroke crime fighters that lived on a boat in what I presume was New York. And whenever they, it was like Scooby-Doo, but whenever the problem got too difficult for them, they just pushed a red button and Godzilla came out of the <gasps> sea and helped them solve it. Oh, we could all and do with one of them. Do you remember we? this? I don't. And they, you know, the way Scooby-Doo added Scrappy-Doo in later oh, episodes? Yes. Well, God, Godzilla added Godzuki, which was like a, a playful little kid version of it. But as a kid, I remember used to sit there on the sofa going, how on earth did these bunch of guys on a boat? I remember one of them had an afro, <laughs> so that kind of places it in time for you. Yeah. How did they strike up a deal with Godzilla <laughs> where they can push a button? Yeah. Like, have they got photos of him with like King Kong's missus or something? What is going on here? <laughs> no, I do not remember that at all. I wonder if any of it's available on YouTube or something. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'll look for it. And if it is, I'll put in the links. Let's take an ad break. And just so you know, we've got some very special cheese-based ads this week. Great. Grated cheese. Cordwell Cream has been produced by the Sparrow family of Forsett Magner for over a thousand generations. An honest, likable, and wholesome cheese. Cordwell Cream has been described as like eating cheese in the pub with your mates. A witty and down-to-earth cheese. Probably the funniest Borsetshire-based cheese available. Cordwell Cream would never rig a cheese-judging competition, praise the Daily Mail, or falsely inflate its sales figures in an attempt to deceive the cheese-eating public. Cordwell Cream. Probably not recommended for the maiden ant. Also, we don't have a stupid f***ing viewing window. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Pip, last week I made the case for Pip. Wasn't that convincing and Kerry made the case for the prosecution yeah and crucifixion of Pip wasn't it I can't remember and hopefully uh we lost it so I would have to say Pip was pretty diabolical this week well no she was particularly bad wasn't she I liked how she (laughs) how she wanted to wear a massive coat whilst roller skating because she was so bad and thought she'd fall over all the time (laughs) like Arsene Wenger coat (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and also, I loved how the week began pretty much with Pitt talking about how Toby's holiday activities for Rosie were going to a water park and going to a posh Cornish um, holiday camp place on the beach. And her alternative was nothing. 
by the sound of it, because the camping had gone wrong. Ruth said uh, the camping went pear-shaped and Pip said, yeah, it really did. Yeah. <laughs> pair of tits. Yeah, so <laughs> Ruth That was had a mild cheddar up. moment. It was a pair of tits. Ruth had to um, come up with an activity for Rosie, didn't she? This new roller skating rink that's just opened outside Borchester or something. And then Pip was like, oh, I can't go. I'm not, not very good at that, expecting Ruth to sort of do it all or something. And Ruth then said she'd come with her. And then Ruth invited Stella. And I started thinking, God, is it Ruth who's got this massive crush on Stella after all? She keeps inviting her everywhere. Well, it is going to be awkward, isn't it? I think when this finally comes out, or it will go completely the other way. Mm. And Ruth will be absolutely fine with it and happy that Pip's mm. with someone that she likes. Yeah. Uh, from Ruth's perspective, I mean. Yes. And Pip is going to be the one who's going to be weird about it, which she is at the moment as well. Although she, you can tell she does like her, can't you? Because she grilled Ruth about, oh, because Ruth had suggested to Stella at the shop that she goes and sees the Italian woman. And when Pip heard that, she went, oh, uh, why was that? Is she still seeing her then? Um, are they a thing? So she's twitching a bit, isn't she? Yeah, she's jealous. Yeah. I mean, I thought one of the the real alarm bells for Pip is that Stella's looking for an upgrade because apparently she was looking at the dog notice board. <laughs> yeah, is that Ambridge's version of Tinder? Where you go <laughs> to the village shop and look on that notice board for your next dog. <laughs> what um, did you make of the night out in um, Borchester oh, with no. Lottie and is, Ben? Is that where they were? I I didn't twig where they were but they had mocktails which put me off listening <laughs> and they they did sort of go let's have a toast to the most boring trio in the world or something didn't they why were they all on mocktails i presume because they were all driving back to their respective babysitters i don't know what ben's excuse is no unless ben was driving but i think yeah. you know the rest of them were doing it out of sympathy i guess pip said to lottie that Ben went out in Felpersham with Freddie and that had been too much for him. So maybe Ben's just uh, taking it easy. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to throw scorn on people who don't drink booze or anything, but they were so looking forward to this evening out, weren't they? Oh, I did like it when Lottie went, oh, move, I've got to hide. Um, I don't want that bloke over there to see me. Pip was like, oh, I thought you liked him. He was hot. And she went, oh, yeah, but I found out now that he's in another relationship. And I thought it was going to be David who walked in. <laughs> <laughs> and Pip turned around and go, no, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but no, instead, Pip sort of went, oh, yeah, he's hot. And I thought, oh, it's not, it's not David then. It could have been actually worse if she'd gone, he is hot. Actually, that's my <laughs> dad, Lottie. Yes. <laughs> In his leather jacket over there. Lottie said to Pip, I don't do complicated. Well, you're out with Pip for the night. Mm. They were trying to home in on, you know, people's love interest at this point in time. And Ben admitted that a carer had asked him out. And I was thinking, what do you mean out into the garden in a sort of bath chair? <laughs> I thought it might have been Sykes who asked him out. <laughs> We were worried that, um, that Ben might have taken his residence to the club night with Freddie and that Sykes, he would have been doing the worm on the dance floor. Yes. 
So his way of dealing with being asked out is to pretend he hadn't heard it. How does that happen? That's really funny, isn't it? You just sort of someone's right next to you, and you're just sort of looking in the other direction, like <laughs> whistling and looking at a wall over there. Do you want to? F I've got a sheepdog. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> I mean, God, you can't do that. Can't you? you can't pretend someone isn't speaking to you. Interesting that Lottie was talking about the fact that she couldn't go and talk to this guy because the sexual tension would be too much. And she wouldn't almost wouldn't be able to control herself or yeah and this was at the same time as pip sitting there thinking stella You could hear her fanny throbbing, couldn't you, through the airwaves? Yeah. So they get home and David's given his toy farm oh, yes. to Rosie. They're back at Rickyard and Ben decides to stage dive into it. <laughs> Upon sight. Pretty yeah. much. That scene was very poor, wasn't it? They were like, oh, is that dad's really precious farm over there? I can't believe he's lent it to Rosie to play with. And then just f***ing stamped on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the way David was having none of it, wasn't he? He was like, it's definitely Rosie. Rosie jumped on it, didn't she? Just tell me, Ben. It was yeah, Rosie. I, I know she's only five. But... There's kind of film noir lamps in his face. Just tell me. Yeah. It was Rosie, Ben. I like she how... was the one. She jumped. <laughs> Mini Alistair has no arms. I was like, how is he going to <laughs> tend to the animals? It's going to be a lot more work for Denise. Yeah. I don't know who Mini Hector was. Hector was the bull. Oh, right, okay. Another monoped. Well, he wouldn't be a monoped, would he? Because he's a bull. He'd be a, a triped. Oh, a tripod. Okay. <laughs> I liked the way that they ran through the, the casualties there, wasn't it? Like Dave went, Mini Hector lost a leg. <laughs> Mini Alistair? No arms. <laughs> I mean, it was actually laughing out loud at that moment. I liked when David burst into the room and went, what the hell is going on? And Ben was like surrounded by glue. I mean, what is Ben these days? What 21, is Ben? 22? <laughs> what is Ben? What is Ben? <laughs> I don't know. I'm crap at ages of all my friends, let alone people on the Archers. Well, I think he's around early 20s. Well, he's about to go to do the uni thing, isn't he? Well, he had a break, didn't he? Again, yeah. I liked that as well, where he went, um, oh, I'm really sort of looking forward to... I'm a bit trepidatious about getting back in the rhythm of university. And then he just listed things about university. Lectures, assignments, placements, stairs, doors, pens, <laughs> teachers. Didn't David suggest he goes to prison? <laughs> Did he? Yeah, he said mental health, oh, prison. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because he's nervous about the place, type of placement he's going to get, isn't he? If you're recovering from a kind of a nervous breakdown, the best thing you could do is go into prison, isn't it? <laughs> But he seemed to think that that would be interesting because when David said, oh, which are the ones that you're not so keen on? He couldn't list any, could he? No. I mean, just to circle back to the roller disco night, people yeah. have been speculating about how old, and I think even we did, how old is Stella? Yeah. She said they used to go to roller discos on the weekend and it was playing Take That, Lisa Stansfield, and when George Michael's Faith would come on. Mm. Okay, Lisa Stansfield, late late 80s. Mm -hmm. Sneaking into the 90s George Michael's Faith came out in like 87 I think Take that, 
didn't have a single out until 91 92 so either they don't know they've confused their eras here or i'd say stella is meant to be slightly younger than me hey matthew did you know that people can play music from the past cider shed breaking news is that right <laughs> so she might have been doing that skating like five years ago but that's the music that they used to play there was she going to teenage roller discos five <laughs> years ago she's too young I'd... for pip then but they are just trying to place her at a certain point in yeah, time yeah, yeah. They? but it didn't yeah. quite tie in yeah people on twitter did notice that and we're going hang on a minute and she also made a comment about um bonnie langford that was two weeks ago to do with her tap yeah so people are sort of trying to like what she's knows about bonnie langford and lisa stansfield you know she's is she sort of like 60 or something? no she i mean she's my age she's my age bracket that's what they're trying to say i think okay. possibly slightly younger mm. the godzilla era all right yes she probably watched that cartoon then pip really threw her toys out of a pram didn't she and did that mm. thing that you would normally do when you're about 17 when you want to be you, we don't want to, but you end up being very awkward in front of the person you snogged. And then instead yeah. of just dealing with it, you end up being really shitty. Except in this case, she's at a roller disco with her mum and her daughter's having a great time with the woman she snogged. Also, she doesn't get out much with Rosie. And the one time she does, she acts like an absolute arse. So Ruth had to give her a telling off. Did she at least look a bit like you're enjoying yourself in front of Rosie? People on Twitter were also pointing out that they're getting a bit sick and tired of Stella being really great at everything she does. She should team up with Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> Who might be the one to fix the farm as well, might he? Do you reckon he'll have it good as new in a gym? We said about getting Tony and Leonard on it. Mm. I can imagine, you know, David gets the farm back and he's like, um, Tony was like, yeah, I just, I just made some changes. Um, I've completely destroyed all of the farmland and put train lines through it. I hope that's okay, David. Sorry, Hector couldn't get out of the way of the 1213 to Felpersham. He's dead. <laughs> I thought you were going to mention your favourite train again, Matthew. The Earl of St. Germans. Here comes the Earl of St. Germans. Oh, no, look out. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes. Hooray. That should have its own jingle as well. By the time we've finished doing this in a few years, it will just be nothing but jingles. We won't have to yeah, speak. We'll just start. There'll be jingles <laughs> for the jingles. Just like Hitler Nappies, Earl of St. Germans. We was alive. Snapchat. <laughs> That'll fill half an hour. We don't, we don't need to do any work anymore. If we're talking about placing Stella's age, yeah. Ruth left us no doubt because she said she fancied herself as the next Jean, Jane, Jean, Jane Torville. Um, but why did she always eat a Solero to warm up? I don't understand. <laughs> now, did she say that, Matthew? The Bolero? Oh, <laughs> sorry, I misheard. <laughs> I actually didn't hear her say anything about this uh, Jane Torville. She said, I always used to listen to the Bolero to get in the zone. And, uh, there was that great moment as well. Pip said, I can't believe how rubbish I am. And Ruth said, I'm nowhere near as good as Stella. I thought Pip was going to say, yeah, that's why she snogged me, mum. <laughs> I don't know what the next step is going to be with these two. What must Stella think? Uh, maybe the more that Stella sees of Pip's weird behaviour, she'll just go, F*** this. I'll go back to the dog board. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that Stella's that bothered about it. I think Pip's more bothered than Stella. 
and that mm. might end up being the issue. Lotu's going to try and double date, isn't she? And it's going to be very awkward. Although I did think there might have been a little bit of a spark between Lottie and Ben. Oh, yeah, that's a good shout. But also, I've just realised, you know, the Toby lovely holiday to the Cornish Camp Park place? That's in a couple of weeks. So Pip's going to be rosy free for a patch of time and can just go rampant with Stella. Maybe they'll check into the B&B. <laughs> well, Hannah will be living there soon, won't she? No, apparently not. Oh, did she decide against? And Ruth decided against it tonight. She said something like, the B&B will have to go on the back burner. And I was like, what with all your other burnt cooking stuff that's piling up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at some point, someone has to say, surely they're getting a fair wedge for this B&B. So they're making more money than they would off a tenant. Mm. And then they said that it might affect Ben's mental health if Hannah was living there. Right, there's an argument for that. Oh, did they? Missed that. Totally missed that. Yeah, she said that to Tracy tonight, that it might just be too much for Ben to have another person around the house. I mean, it is strange that that Pip said, I'll do it. I'll look after everything. And the very next episode, Ruth's going like, it's in the bin. Imagine Pip on customer service. (laughs) Imagine her greeting you, the welcome person. And also, I thought Pip has no time to spend on anything. I'm so exhausted. How would she fit the B&B thing in? That was the other argument that Ruth made. Pip's got no time. She's just saying she'll do it to help Ben out. Look, I didn't listen to tonight. So I was tweeting along. If you tweet along, you listen to about 10% of it, I would say, because you're too busy typing. Kirsty and Helen just went for a Chinese. <laughs> I I did hear a funny man in a car park shouting. <laughs> I remember him. Before we get to him, let's yeah. talk about Grey Gable shite. Yes. Now, would you think that Ardil ringing Oliver would say to Oliver, the owners have given me the go ahead for the launch party? Would would they? Would he say to Oliver, the owners? No, he would say. Jeff and Barbara or whatever. Yeah, Matt Crawford and Hazel will yeah. have given me the okay. Rob Titchener has said it's fine to have the launch party. Yeah, the ghost of Bert Fry has said it's f***ing <laughs> a-okay. Let's go. Celia Sparrow says she can't wait for the launch party. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Grundy said, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tracy has said it's fine. <laughs> to go ahead that little win on the scratch card (laughs) a few years ago a couple of years ago yeah it's just like bollocks isn't it really it's going to be a black tie affair the opening is in october i loved how oliver having sacked everybody is now going oh hello Um, you know i sacked you a little while do you would you would you you kindly do it again (laughs) the job that i sacked you from and haven't paid you for for a year and everyone's going no thanks (laughs) we said to tracy like the welcome roles people skills and she was like that that's what i was good at and i was going yes and shagging in the bedrooms (laughs) he did say it was my greatest regret didn't he so yeah i I think he meant like the selling of it but also the sacking element there was that moment where he said i I wouldn't let that happen again and tracy went well with respect oliver like you don't own the place anymore so how do i know that and she's she's quite happy at the bull it suits her like work-life balance they're nice to work for you know sorted she's quite happy i liked that she rejected that notion and also linda rejected the offer of the uh, running the event you know the launch event didn't she we had the hilarious mix-up oh yes 
between Adil, Tracy, Oliver and Linda, mm-hmm. where he was describing Linda challenging and unmanageable. And yes. Tracy thought that was about the role. And then she went to confront. I mean, what's happened to Adil? Because about a week ago, he was like, you don't ask, Oliver. No, you don't tell. You ask. It was really hard, wasn't he? And now he's like, okay, if you want to give them the job, then, oh, quick, hide, there's Linda coming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like Ian sort of bold in going, oh, hello. (laughs) Hello. What is that? Here's, hello, (laughs) dear. Now, how's about you? How's about you? Here's my signed contract. Where is Terry Wogan? (laughs) But he did, and he just marched in and went, here's my signed contract. And I was just like, I beg your pardon. And Oliver then went, hello. Oh, great. Isn't it wonderful? I had a bit of a rush of blood to the head and acted on the spur of the moment. And I'm sure, surely I don't go, what on earth have you done? Like, this, this isn't how things should be happening at all. Well, the fact that it's all interim, isn't it? I think it's just about let him get away with it. Oh, is he an interim? Yeah. Interim. Interim. That's his surname. Trim. <laughs> Trim. He's from County Trim. I thought that's why I was doing that accent. He's from Derry, isn't he? Oh, is that near Antrim? We're getting into the, the Irish county jokes. I can't go down this road, Kerry. Oh, okay. It was an awfully good joke, Kerry. <laughs> Yeah, what has happened? And actually, where, more to the point, where has Ardil's allotment sprung from and where is it? He did tell Tom last week that isn't it somewhere within the grounds of Grey Gables? It's it's just funny how he's like saying my allotment. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. He did tell Tom last week and I think he did give the location and I've totally forgotten where it was. It's very clever. They had drilling noises in the background. So like what we know, there's works going on there. Oh, I thought it was because there was a dentist <laughs> as a spa. No, yeah, they did. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, it's October we've got to look forward to, haven't we? We had the big confrontation between Linda and Adil and Oliver, where she mm-hmm. went, uh, I'm extremely manageable. And I thought one of them should just go, could you manage to f*** off then, please? <laughs> why did they pander to her? Why, why, why? I don't like it. I think it was a bit of horse trading, wasn't it? Because they were... Adil suddenly had that moment and he went, you know, well, she said, I, I always do my best and beyond. And Adil went, isn't it impossible to do beyond your best? And she went, oh, facetious. And then there was that moment where he went, you are fearless as a landlady and nothing phases you. You take me as I come. I think that's an offer they do at the oh, Felpsham Red Light District as yeah. well. And yet she still wouldn't make him a bloody sandwich. <laughs> no, she she made him a plowman's panini. Oh, for God's sake. Did you miss that? I didn't miss that, no. But, but you know, she was off She was off with him when he said, oh, I didn't suppose you could rustle me up a sandwich. Well, I don't know. It's not part of what I do. They don't offer lunch as part of the deal, do they? But he was worried about his stomach rumbling while he was in the meeting. A long-term resident in your house, sort of going, oh, so, would it be possible to have a sandwich? You can bill me for it. You wouldn't go, no, you can't have a sandwich, would you? You wouldn't get sniff. Why was she doing that to him? Why She likes lording it, doesn't she, over folk? Oh, well, they, they asked her to manage the opening event. And yes. I think that was kind of a compromise, wasn't yeah. it? And in the end, she was like, no. And yeah. I think at that point, Adil's like, okay, thank you. Thanks for that, then. (laughs) (laughs) Who will organise it? I reckon George should. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Going back to the Grey Gables thing, Ian saying to Helen, oh, I've decided, yeah, my accent, I've decided to accept (laughs) 
But he, he said, I'm taking, I'm accepting the head of food role. And the first thing Helen said, rather than, oh, well done, that's exciting. Good luck with that. She went, um, and you're selecting the cheese suppliers, are you? Yep. And then said, I'll drop some samples round to you later. That, and he's like, I haven't even signed the contract yet. <laughs> well, he said, I'll be, yeah, I'll be letting everyone know. And she went, everyone, mm. as in other humans and not yeah. just me, Ian. And then went, oh, whatever, yes, horrible. And then he sort of went, uh, you, would you like to have come round for tea? No, I'm busy. Uh, well, uh, text me if you can have I like a the way you gave anything. up on the Irish accent halfway through that sentence, Kerry. But she was already clearly walking off when he was going, uh, coffee perhaps, text me. And she, you could hear us shout back, will do, from really far away. Like, you know, when they do those tiny voices as if you're down a well or something. <laughs> She'd buggered off awful awful person yeah well that leads us very nicely into where we were about to go anyway the whole george rob henry helen mess that occurred at the was it the county show county show really wasn't it george bigged up the county show made it sound like a right laugh didn't he like different tents and animal shit and what have you <laughs> but henry really wanted to go with the grundies so he asked Helen, who had seen George and Henry interact quite nicely with each other, sorting out the veg boxes. Henry's been helping out doing the deliveries. He got some tips, which George has never managed to get. Surprise, surprise. George has been driving around. They seem to be bonding a bit. Helen just went, yes, you take him to the county show, which I thought, would she have done that? She's in a state of nervousness about Rob lurking about. Would that have been something she'd have said yes to? Don't know. Anyway, she did. She said yes. Off he goes, having had messages and conversations with Rob on the phone. He wasn't even that sure who he was when he first saw him, was he? He was like, oh, I think he's over there, sitting, dressed smartly, sitting down. George, in the meantime, has twigged that this man is the person that he knew Helen had stabbed. He's, he's piecing things together, isn't he, George? Like, oh, shit. Oh, dear. I've just read, oh, and Henry was there when that happened, was he? Well, he would have been slightly younger than Henry, wouldn't he, when this was happening? Yeah, but he obviously has heard about it. But he, he realised, didn't he? Oh, my God, this isn't a good thing. And George, to his credit, tried to dissuade Henry from meeting Rob and called him to check in. Like, what's he doing? Are you OK? Come and look at the ram a lamb thing instead <laughs> didn't he he did try to check in on him and then rob menacingly said um who's that put them on speaker started trying to control him and george went henry can do whatever he wants to do stood up for for uh, henry and I, I was thinking oh hang on a minute if what if george witnesses how terrible rob is and is cured of his georgeness because he sees how horrendous Rob is. I think I said a couple, about a month ago that there will be a Rob and George crossover storyline. Yeah. I think I said it'll either go one of two ways. Mm -hmm. He'll either become mm -hmm. like his dark apprentice or he'll yeah. look at him and be like, I don't want to be that person. Because there was that moment that Emma said, like, he lorded it over everyone. He thought everyone was below him and they should lick his mm -hmm. boots. And I'm thinking, I think George thinks that about most of the village. Yes. You're describing your son. Yeah. Oh, God, please. Can George just change? I really, really, right from the start of him coming on here, not on here on our podcast. <laughs> I'd love him to, by the way. Right at the beginning, I just thought, oh, please, can he 
be okay. Just a fucked up person who actually makes good rather than, I don't want years of this awful character to listen to, really. You could say arguably that there are enough psychopaths from the well-to-do families <laughs> in the village that get away with murder, not literally. So I think if you looked mm. at the way that Justin treats people in business, mm. if you treated the the average other person in the street like that, they'd say, that guy's a bit psychotic. He yes. has no empathy. Yeah, I think there is a, a redemption arc there. And maybe yeah. this whole thing with Rob helps that. I mean, Rob has got a his trigger of his temper which was the whole reason that that helen heard him in the not, i like that he's always having car park rage can't find it. where's the bloody ticket and she was like it's always in your car rob you always left it there remember and this yeah. time he's like it's a car park not a racetrack yes <laughs> yeah i mean he's a grade a knob above everything else isn't he oh yeah the episode this evening friday night's episode was very good but I, I did think the Henry actor was bloody great. I was feeling for him properly. I was like very tense and like, oh, this poor, when, he, when Helen was piling on him. Oh, my God. Poor, poor boy. You're a liar just like him. I mean, God, she has lost the plot, hasn't she? And then at the end, oh, Henry, what have I done? There was only like Kirsty had to sort of go like, don't do that. Poor Henry. You know, he doesn't need that. But but actually, Rob's acting, Tim Watson, his voice alone, when he turns, it just goes up into that awful cadence of, oh, it's horrific, isn't it? Is Lee in the air now? <laughs> I had this vision that he that Helen had just catapulted him over the Hassett Hills in this massive contraption. <laughs> <laughs> Lee is in the air. Din, 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 din. Lee is in the air. <laughs> I liked it when Helen sort of went, it's a long flight, really knowledgeable about the fact that it takes f***ing ages to get from England to America. And also Rob's explanation to Henry about the different parts of America was really making me laugh. New York is? Oh, no, it made me laugh. I can't remember it. <laughs> High octane. Okay, yeah, it, it was just so sort of like, Big chunks of America were described in sort of two or three words. Yeah. Did you make a note of, of the others? I didn't. I remember he said New York oh. was high octane. He said then you go okay. south and they're relaxed or something to the point of horizontal. Yeah. Then you said you've got the big Midwest farms and then you go over to California where they're all obsessed with health. I don't was know. It? Something? Yeah, he said something like the, 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 the like. Oh, he said health and exercise because. Yeah, because Henry said something like, oh, Lee will like it there or something, didn't he? Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And then, then he dropped the fucking bomb that Lee's away. Yes. He's like, oh, yes, visiting his daughter. He's like, oh, you've met him. I mean, they got, all of them got played by him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of information, hasn't he? Like, Helen saw him having road rage or car park rage, as it was. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he went, Helen, goodness. <laughs> Like, oh my, fancy seeing you here where your sons are swimming. Yeah, but, but Matthew, the driving thing, again, like if you've got a brain tumour, you can't drive, can you? So he's either not got a brain tumour or he has got one and he's just flagrantly ignoring medical advice and what the DVLA would allow you to be doing and stuff, which obviously we wouldn't put past him. But what's your view on which one of those it is? I think they're all actors and he's absolutely fine. <laughs> 
Right. Okay. Still that one. I, I like that one, actually. Yeah. It's all a yeah. sort of set. Okay. Cool. Oh, I liked that Lee's tour of Alcatraz. I was thinking, God, that's going to remind him of life back home with Helen, isn't it? <laughs> Lee's going to be like, uh, c c c can I stay here? Uh, can, can I have a biscuit? Uh, a prisoner's allowed biscuits. It's like um, an, in, uh, an inescapable prison. And if you try to escape, your body gets smashed on the rocks or eaten by sharks. I, I, can't, I can't believe prisoners actually had their own wardrobes uh, i didn't have a wardrobe at home <laughs> oh my god edible cheese he's you know like people are saying he's not coming back he's going to stay in america he's probably going to stay in alcatraz <laughs> it's better in alcatraz no. yeah <laughs> okay speaking of which we now have another word from our other for interest of balance cheese sponsor great did cheese Sterling gold has been made by the Archer family since, I don't know, what is it, like 10, 15 years? I mean, there may have been a break while Helen was in the slammer. Who cares to be honest? Either way, Sterling gold is an august cheese. The people's cheese, the people's cheese, the people's cheese, the people's cheese. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, Kerry, something we forgot to acknowledge last week. Mm. I asked a question two weeks ago on the podcast. And thank you to everyone that slid into my DMs and sent me several emails that just said testicles over and over and over and over again. <laughs> I didn't give it the shout out it deserved last week. I'm giving it now. <laughs> okay. Can you remember what that was in relation to, Kerry? Wow, it was Polly Orchid who lives in Felpersham, wasn't it? From Trivial Pursuit, what does a poly orchid have three or more of? And lots of people got back in touch to say testicle. Yes. And is that the correct answer, Matthew? It'd be funny if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, that's wrong. No, the yeah. correct answer is testicles. Well done, everyone. Just to give a little shout out to people who've been in touch this week. First of all, two new patrons, Kerry. <gasps> does this mean there's a couple of jingles coming up, Matthew? There are. And I'll tell you what, it was real backs against the wall this week. So... If the quality of jingle has slipped this week, <laughs> I apologise. I don't think it has that much. Is it just like their name through a speak and spell or something? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> okay, first up, Olive became a patron. This is for you, Olive. Thank you. Yo, yo. Thank you, Olive, for becoming a Cider Shed patron. Massive respect. <laughs> Thanks, Olive. <laughs> That horn sound can never fail to amuse. Not diminished in any way, I don't think, from the previous ones. Next patron, Anita Danks. And God, Anita, I hope that's how you pronounce your surname, because this is the jingle. Massive shout-out. Anita Danks. Anita Danks. You're a new Cider Shed patron. Cider shed. So we just wanted to say... Thanks, Danks, Danks. Thanks, Danks. 
keep um coming thanks to our new patrons i have to say people who got in touch on patreon this week robin ben got in touch <laughs> oh good yeah he said so much enjoyed your robin ben jingle i've always liked having a surname that rhymes with both glenn and merry men even better than robin hood does <laughs> laughing on a rainy afternoon in my own shed v little oh. not to like oh not without criticism then robin so there might be a oh. few things to not like okay all right oh, please tell us about the little that you don't like robin <laughs> I, I think it's just a turn of phrase i don't think he actually it means is, that no he's unsubscribed now <laughs> <laughs> Ryan got in touch to ask about setting up the RSS feed for the patrons so people don't have to listen to the patron release through Patreon. And I've done wow. that and he's told me it's now, he tested it and said it was working. So anyone who understands how RSS feeds work, you don't have to listen to the patron episode through the app anymore. So any doubts, get in touch and we'll sort you out. I have been trying to set up the Spotify link as well. That seems a little more complicated and a few more hoops to jump through, but hopefully um, Patreon will be appearing on Spotify from next week and you can just go in and access it if you are a patron. Uh, Richard Webb got in touch on Patreon to say, fun fact, uh, Jeff Porcaro of Toto died in a, in a gardening accident. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Did it? What was the gardening accident that he died from? Uh, I looked it up. Yeah. He was spraying a lot of insecticide and fertilizer and apparently inhaled too much. But uh, there was a second opinion that someone just said, no, he did a load of coke. It could be the two, I suppose. Yeah, it could have been a combination of fertiliser yeah. and cocaine, couldn't it? Oh, God, what uh, a way to go. We also have an email, hello at the com. Benjamin Snowden got in touch. Oh, God. Remember him, Kerry, that man you terrified? I, t oh, I can't wait to hear what he's... Oh, right, go ahead. Yeah, what? <laughs> Get out of my garden, it says, Kerry. No, it doesn't. It says... Yes. Uh, what are you doing in my garden? Hello. So sorry I haven't replied to Kerry's mixing up of me and some other Twitterer. I did indeed used to be on the Twitter, but left. I absolutely adored your Edward Snowden jingle. When you opened last week's podcast, I had to look around and check I wasn't on camera as I felt you were speaking to me live. That's when you made your apology, I think, Kerry. Loving the pod as per usual. Haven't listened to today's yet, but will do in the morning. Intrigued to find out what wrong and george will do at home farm mm. full-on redemption benjamin why on earth isn't matthew matthew's fave fallon not talking to justin about getting the tea removed to the ev charging station he then adds anyone called ev now has charging station added as a reflex thanks to you ben oh that sounds like he's not that terrified so i'm very pleased this came in very late to the email last week i saw it as we were wrapping up the podcast from mm. Ellen Milton. Hi, all. Sorry for the tardy message, but I really want to say a huge thanks to Matthew for my jingle. It really made me laugh, which is much needed at the moment and much appreciated. I'm not loving the archers at the moment. <laughs> Join the club. No. Ferrets <laughs> f off, and I don't need to hear any more Pip or Helen or Tom. I need to keep oh. listening <laughs> to keep up with the yes. Cider Shed musings. I love that Davros Mike has become a regular feature too. Loving your work. You're welcome, Ellen. <laughs> what a lovely message on our instagram which is at the at the cider shed pod vincent multiple george theories he ah. said george could actually save the day if shady rob tries to snatch henry at the livestock show that was on wednesday okay. vincent's a soothsayer uh -huh. and then he said also this was the interesting point also was expecting kira to have a speaking part and wondering if bbc is saving money putting so many child actors on the payroll <sighs> 
Yeah, well, they are cost-cutting, aren't they? Galore. It would be funny if, like, one week it's all the kids just chatting in the play park or something and no adults whatsoever. Final bit of social media. We have a Facebook group called The Cider Shed Podcast. Sophie got in touch to say, I can't believe I've only just discovered your podcast and this group. I've been looking for people to chat about the archers with for more than 20 years. I've been chuckling through all of your recent episodes for a few days now. Thank you for being the company I've always needed, but until now, never been able to find. (gasps) Wow, this is lovely. I'm all warm and fuzzy. Claire got in touch to say, I have only just discovered The Shed and am absolutely loving it. Thank you all for such an excellent podcast. It's just ace. But have you seen uh, Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner, Kerry? Is that to do with rounders? <laughs> baseball, I think. Oh, yeah, mean. baseball. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Where he builds the baseball field in his back garden and all the ghosts come back to life, including his father. Okay. I knew it was to do with rounders. But... He hears a voice in his head one day that says, if you build it, they will come. And he can't get it out of his head. So that's why he starts building it. And I feel the same way about our midweek episode because uh, T.R. Mm. Top got in touch on Facebook and said, what happened to our midweek treat? Get us addicted, rely upon an extra <laughs> dose of the cider shed and then snatch it away. Oh, well, yes. did reply, I'm pretty sure we said we'd try every fortnight. And I said, barring something seismic <laughs> think... happening and then we'd obviously do an emergency broadcast. And she went, I know, but I'm still allowed to complain. <laughs> I don't think we promised anything. It's just going to be as and when we can, hopefully. Let's not yeah. even say every think... fortnight. I think we said we'd try to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely will try. I think next week is looking clearer for me. I had no idea that octopuses were going to be involved in my week this week. Uh, I was drained by an octopus. So sorry about that. (laughs) One more thing from our Facebook. Uh, Morticia got in touch to say uh, she was listening and she was proper lolling at the Shannon Matthews of ferrets idea. Oh, that was good. We've got some reviews, Matthew. I don't know. If, have we got time to go? There's three reviews. I feel like we're, I don't like blowing my own trumpet and we seem to be blowing a right old trumpet at the moment, don't we? But I don't know. It's just nice that people have written these things. So I will try to get through these next three lovely reviews. And Twitter is at the Cider Shed Pod. So yeah, come along there during the Archers episodes. Hashtag the Archers. Three reviews, Fruity and Sparkling. This is a terrific podcast for those who love and often loathe the Archers. Like a fine Perry, the podcast is both fruity and sparkling. The hosts are always witty, friendly and sharp. And I enjoy their humorous observations and well-chosen barbs. As a Patreon supporter, I welcome the ad-free advance edition that arrives in my inbox on a Saturday and the new midweek musings. I must finally mention the top punnage in the programme titles, which always make me laugh. Thank you. And that's all down to you, Matthew. Who, me? Your punnage. These old things? Yeah. (laughs) What a lovely review. Thank you. Who is it by? Cliff End. Then we have South Londoner by accident has written a must listen. Kerry and Matthew and then in brackets and hopefully Peter when he rejoins soon. Make me feel sane when confronted by the absurdity of the parallel universe that is the Archers. And they are hilarious. Do you feel any pressure that we make people feel sane? I have trouble sleeping with that knowledge, Kerry. No, 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 no. I just love people are aligned with our thinking. 
about how bloody ridiculous it all is. Damn You Side Shed, and it's by someone in France. I can't see the name. This podcast is so good, so funny that I look forward to it much more than The Archers itself. I listen to The Archers much more so that I can anticipate how it will go down on The Cider Shed. Far, far more than the storyline itself, which in many ways is a blessing. It really helps get through some of the worst Adam moments and every scene involving any of the archers' mafia slash clan. But be wary, it's a kind of archer's methadone. I might have been able to finally rid myself of the archer's dependence had it not been for this podcast, which cruelly keeps me coming back for more of what I know is very bad for me. Well, so it's our fault, is it? Yeah. The good thing about this podcast, it makes me keep listening to The Archers. The bad thing about this podcast, it keeps making me listen to The Archers. <laughs> At some point, the, the scriptwriters of The Archers are going to have to start like paying as a retainer for keeping their <laughs> listenership. I know, yeah. They should just pay us to write the f***ing thing, to be honest. When Rob decided to meet in Swindon, I wasn't entirely sure we weren't writing the thing. <laughs> yes. So thank you very much for the effort that's gone into... Um, writing those reviews and the messages and stuff it's bloody heartwarming it is Kerry bit of breaking news we had um a lot of new followers yeah on Instagram this week mm. one of whom has a locked account and they are x x and they are described as Scorpio from Swindon stop and I can't see who they are also there is an account that keeps liking our stories that their profile picture is just an ass <laughs> so they porn accounts, basically. <laughs> yeah, there's loads of porn bots in there. I think someone's dropped our name in the wrong place and we keep getting them. Ah. Well, fantasy football, briefly. At the top of the table, things can only get butter, I presume because they couldn't fit better into the tile. <laughs> They're at number one with 87 points. Chris Charlson in second place. The very well-named Obi-Wan Kenobi Neil. Yeah, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi Neil in second. <laughs> That's Andrew Marchetti or Marchetti. He was there last week. Mm. Taking Nout for Granite by Nat Ogle with 84 points. Um, Good God. I'm going to post the tables up after the end of the second game week on our Facebook. And I'll nice. do that on our Twitter as well so people can see where they are, the full table. Um, mm -hmm. We might have a look into locking the league, actually. So everyone that's in is now in. Yeah, because you'll get really good people coming in, won't you? And it's not fair, is it, on everyone else? So I'll have a word with Liam about that, see if that's doable. I don't know if it is. Um, all right, Kerry, I'm going to head yes. off into that, lovely. into the night. <laughs> we'll have a lovely time in the night. I went for a wander around my neighbourhood last night and went up some little side streets that I never went around. And mm -hmm. I suddenly caught the smell, this amazing barbecue smell. And I turned the corner and there was a whole bunch of people just queuing outside this tiny, tiny, tiny little glass fronted shop. And it was an Angolan chicken barbecue place. Oh and there's all these people waiting for like ribs, chicken and steaks. And mm -hmm. the, you can't even see what's going on in the shop. It's like a cure concert. There's so much smoke in there. You can't see anything. And it's tiny. All these people waiting outside. I'm stood there and some guy just turns to me and went, this is the best barbecued chicken in Porto. And the building directly next door of exactly the same proportion is a funeral director. Wow. That is just Royston Vasey vibes then, isn't it? Yeah, definitely going to have to go in there at some point. Let us know how that goes. I'll post a photo on our social media. Okay, well, have a great week and see you in the midweek for you Patreon supporters. Yeah. Is one of us going to say goodbye? <laughs> I said see you next. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jean, Jane, Jean, Jane Torville. Grated cheese. <laughs>